It's not your mama's Christian podcast. There's fireworks there. There's fireworks. Did you get it? Uh, yeah, I, I really got it. Welcome. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast, a Christian podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I'm your host, Shane, with my co-host, Topper, sipping on some coffee right now. <laughs> <laughs> Topper, say, hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. <laughs> oh, that was Eric. actually better than uh than the way Shane did it. Yeah, that was good. That. Topper, today, we're recording on a Saturday morning, uh-huh. and Topper is is consistency. That's one of his strengths. <laughs> Every Saturday morning, he gets Dunkin' Donuts. Coffee. Or one of his weaknesses. <laughs> or one of his weaknesses. <laughs> or Starbucks. Sometimes you'll switch it up and you'll go to Starbucks, but I haven't seen you do that in a while. Yeah, no. Yeah, he treats himself to a to a coffee out on a Saturday morning. During the week, do you make coffee at home or do you no, get No, he never makes coffee. Oh, no, you make coffee at work and it's it, like really crappy coffee. It's cured coffee. Yeah. But it's free, so. Free is free. Yeah, but. And I got myself a nice Starbucks mug and that I was hoping mm. would help but mask, like, mask the taste a little bit. <laughs> the <laughs> mug? Yeah. yeah. A coffee. Well, you keep seeing the make Starbucks it, logo. Think it, think it, no, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Well, seriously though, Keurig coffee is terrible. Yeah, it's not I, that bad. I actually don't mind not, it. I'm not terrible. I, I mean, that's what I drink Keurig cup I of coffee every day. I can't drink that black. Especially like if it's a good cup, I can yeah. drink black. I can't drink that black. Especially at work, mm-hmm. you know, nobody is like flushing that thing out and cleaning it. Yeah, it's got to be nasty. Yeah, I mean, I will say like Erica's dad has like a really fancy one, the same one you have. What is it? The Ninja. Yeah. Oh yeah. He has a fancy one, nice. and when I drink that, I'm like, yeah, this tastes so good. It's uh-huh. so much better. But I don't. Dislike the Keurig. I drink Keurig one every morning. Every time, like it, maybe every I'll get a while, ninja one I day. Do get a Keurig coffee. I'm like, oh gosh, this is just terrible. When we when our podcast becomes like million subscribers, oh yeah, yeah, and our Patreon page blows up, then I'll get that ninja. Or if if a really nice coffee maker would like to sponsor us, that's yeah, not a Keurig because yeah. Keurig, you suck. Whoa. <laughs> what, what if Keurig? What if I had emails from Keurig? I was like, figure, finalizing a, a a deal with us. Oh, then I'll take it back. <laughs> I'll, well, you I, know what? I'll sell. I'll sell my soul. <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes. <laughs> Whoever wants to sponsor us, we love you. Yeah. If you don't sponsor us, we hate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, right. yeah. Topper's all. He drinks that same cup of coffee or or a cup of coffee every Saturday morning. He bought stuff to make coffee here, mm-hmm. and I've seen him do French it twice. Press. That happens once every three months. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him do it twice. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of work. It, it is. is. The thing yeah. is, I don't feel like cleaning it a lot of the times. Right. Or like there's grinding like, And there's like 10 pieces and... to a French press, so yeah. you just gotta like... When when I was dating my, my wife, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'm still dating her because you're always dating your wife. <laughs> you should always... <laughs> but when we were just dating... Uh, she lived in Montgomery County, so for those that aren't here, it was like 30 minutes away from where we where we lived, and that's yep. when we lived in her townhouse. Um, but my work was two minutes away from her house, so a lot of times I would spend the night at her house and sleep on the couch, mm-hmm. and um, and then just go to work the next day. Cause it was so easy; I didn't have to worry about driving. I saved a half hour of sleep, and every morning I would <laughs> be didn't worry about the gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gas. <laughs> um, every morning I'd be woken up to her dad. Would be grinding coffee, patting it down. Like, hey, good morning, Ken. He's like, hey, good morning, Eric. And now we get up. Yep. Every morning. He used to do it in the garage, and then he felt. And then I told him, no, you don't have to do that. And then he came and did it right next to me, basically, and woke me up every morning. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think about when people grind coffee and make coffee. Oh, it's so much better when it's fresh ground coffee. Oh. 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 Even even when I just hear somebody say, 
a cup of coffee. Yeah. Oh, just talking about this, I want. I already drank my coffee in the morning. Yeah. I want another one right now. Mm, but when you hear someone say "cup of coffee," oh, I'm it makes me what? Yeah, take a sip. Take a loud sip. Everyone, take a loud sip. Ew. Ew. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> I thought that would be appealing. It was not appealing. No, never mind. I don't want coffee anymore. Hey, when did you, gotta... did you guys drink coffee in high school? Uh, no, no, not really. When did you start drinking coffee? I drank I Starbucks. Either. It was like Frappuccinos. Oh, yeah. And stuff. So you drank like when smoothies. When I started yeah. a real job, I needed. I started drinking That's when coffee. I started drinking coffee. When I started because a real job. Because energy drinks are way too expensive. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and they're, they're, and they're really terrible bad for, for you. you. And you know what? Especially drinking it at 8 in the morning. You ever have amp energy drinks? Oh, I love Your pee amp. turns green. Oh, that can't be good. Yeah, yeah doesn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 it can't be good. I would do. I would drink that and then see my pee be like, I have to stop drinking this. It changes. like glowing. Yeah. Honestly, it's like toxic. It's like lime green. Yeah, it really does. You should try it. I've, I don't yeah, know if I've ever it. It actually tastes it. good It tastes great The only energy drink I would drink is Red Bull I love Red Bull mm-hmm. Yeah I drink too much Red Bull I'll still drink a Red Bull Oh I drink Red Bulls A lot during the week I d- Not a lot for me but I drink like Twice a week Yeah And wow. I would drink every day But wow. I I hold back Wow I know it's bad for me yeah. But yeah coffee I didn't start drinking Until I had a real yeah, job In I high school in college, I did Sometime in college I, I would I started It drinking. also seems like there. It's like more popular I mean it's always been popular But like It's more popular For like the millennial Hipster Yeah well you go to a coffee shop you, Yeah And you yeah. get so You ask somebody Hey you want to go hang out Let's go get some coffee Yeah so it's Shane what type of person Were you in high school Ooh were you the were you a kid that was picked on all the time? No. Well, we didn't. We also went to a private school, so yes, you uh, can still have bullies in a private school. Yeah, but it's it's a little bit different. I, I don't guess. remember and any though. I was there from. <laughs> we had bullies there. I just don't know any of them. <laughs> I don't remember any. Uh, I, it was, but we went to a school that was middle school and high school. So I was there from sixth to twelfth grade. So like, it's a little bit different when you're at a school when you've been there from from sixth grade on, I guess. But in high school, I don't know. I, I wasn't like super popular but i wasn't like a nerd or anything like you that. you had super long hair yeah i had long hair <laughs> like you i you grew, grew my hair, hair out you're in a band it's, and here's the thing though like i decided it's like i'm gonna grow my hair out long and i just did it and didn't maintain it <laughs> yeah no i just like let my hair grow and i would just take a shower and go to school <laughs> and like i wouldn't i would remember never that hair topper comb it <laughs> that i looked never, bad that was unreal how long it was long was. it was hot but you, when you got a cup what did you get for it 500 dollars how because um uh, uh well mainly our parents and our grandparents threw in money to to make me cut my hair cuz i wouldn't cut my hair and so they were like, "Hey, well, what if we what if we got money and paid you to cut your hair?" First yeah. off, that is so stupid. It was also kind of part of a graduation because me, oh, Not so really. since I never did that, so I never rebelled by growing my hair out. I don't get five hundred bucks, Shane. Shane causes the problem, and then just the solution is also, a very simple solution, and he and they gave him five hundred bucks for it. Also, when I was stupid. when I was in high school, if I would get in trouble, my punishment was to get my hair cut. I was like, no, please. (laughs) They'd be like, yeah. But my mom was also like really like she's a softy. And so she was like, okay, I I like got I like was failing a class or something, and she was like, yeah, like a lot of classes, yeah, a lot, yeah. And she was like, all right, you that's it. We're you got to get your haircut. I was like, no, please. She's like, okay, we'll try to leave it a little long for you, (laughs) but we'll also cut it, which doesn't make any sense. Do you know? Do you know what I ended up with? 
a, a mullet. mullet. Yep. <laughs> a mullet. So you're like, we'll leave it long in the back. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need to make it make a business up front. Yeah. Though, and literally, but you can still party in the back. I remember going to school and just being so embarrassed, like this looks terrible. And then going to youth group afterwards, and our friend Andrew Balderama was there, and he saw me. He's like, come here. And he literally just grabbed the back of my hair and took scissors and just cut it off. <laughs> and then I wore a hat. Oh <laughs> it was terrible. Todd, what kind of what kind of guy were you in high school? Uh, I kind of just, I kind of just coasted through high school. Quiet. I, was, I had acquaintances in high school. <laughs> yeah. I was never like, I was super good friends with anybody like at school. I don't remember you hanging out with people from high school all that much. No. Every was, once in a blue moon. Elementary you school, and middle school, I did, but high school, yeah. I actually kind of started hanging around youth group friends more. Well, and that's the thing I think with all of us is. But the high school we went to, we all had friends at our high school, yeah. and I still have friends from my high school to this day. But really, we our group of friends were from church. Yeah, yeah but we still, Shane, you and I still have friends that we still hang out with that were from high school. I literally just said. I know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, we still have that. I don't know if Topper does. Oh yeah. Is there anyone that you hung no, out with that from just from high school that no. you ever hang out with now? No, not from no, not from my high school. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, we have that, but he he yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Um, um, I'm sorry, but I no, I think that's, that's a it's, that's a choice. Yeah, <laughs> I think I don't think 100 percent a choice. <laughs> um, no, my I went through a phase too where I was like, oh yeah, we all did, where we wanted to grow our hair out. Uh huh. And there was at one yep. point to where the first time I grew it out, I didn't really know how to style it. Yeah. So it really just looked like a mop on my yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I wish. That. That I had better friends to tell me that, that, that doesn't. That the doesn't problem look was good. we all were doing yeah, that. We all, that. Hey, all look terrible. Hey man, it's cool you're growing hair, but that doesn't look. Good. <laughs> well, you didn't do it for me. <laughs> yeah, you didn't do it for me either. Yeah, yours was so. My cool. hair was growing out. <laughs> Thanks, Topper. I just remember Topper's mom saying, "Top." Well, she didn't call Topper. She said, "Eric, <laughs> you look like an orphan." Yeah, she did. <laughs> she would say, "Look like an orphan." Yeah. Yeah. In high school, I I was. You were Shane. You were more popular than I was in high school. Yeah, I was probably. really quiet. Yeah, like I didn't. I, I no one really. I, that's why I tell my wife, no one picked on me or or didn't like me, but no one cared if I was you around were, either. You were invisible. Yeah, I was just there. <laughs> like there, there's people that like knew me, and since we went to a private high school, private school, um, we only I only had 60, 70 people in my graduating class. Yeah, so like so you knew everybody yeah. in the class. So everyone knew me, but like no one. Like I had friends. I had people I sat with at lunch, and never had to worry about any of that stuff. But um, no one really like sought to hang out with me and no one sought to avoid me. If I was around, they didn't care. Yeah. If I wasn't there, they didn't care either. Like that's kind of how I was in high school where I, in youth group, I like was popular in youth group. Yeah. I remember being like, man, I don't know, like my youth group self and my high school self is completely opposite. Like I like departmentalized myself uh-huh. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I played baseball and I was a big musician. That's I, If you had to fit me into a group, I would say like, Mm-hmm. musician more mm-hmm. yeah. you were more like a, well you're in between because you were like big in basketball topper but then you also were really into big big into like music like we were too yeah I didn't play any instruments mm. that's true yeah but uh yeah I mean hey did you guys get any senior superlatives I almost got no. um best car because I drove my mom's <laughs> van and it was so a big 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 turquoise yeah and it had like a TV turtle in top it. yeah so people were voting for that as a joke uh-huh. and I was like I thought it was funny like we'd go we'd go out for like fire drill and I would yell like whose car is whose van is that <laughs> Tyra did you, did you win any no uh, I won you, most likely to brighten your day Oh gosh! <laughs> Did you know I, that? I'll, I'll, agree, I'll agree with that. <laughs> no, I disagree yep. with that. Most likely to brighten your day. Wow, that's sweet. that's me. <laughs> like that's it. terrible. <laughs> Good old high school. But today we we interviewed 
a a author named Andy Buckwalter. Yep. Not to be confused with Buck Showalter, which we talked about in the interview. Who yeah. is the who is that topper? Uh, he is the uh, general coach of the Orioles. <laughs> general <laughs> oh. coach of the Orioles. That's not coach. right. Oh, what is this? Eric, Sorry. Eric, are you I don't know if you can hear that. What is going on? Through? They can it's definitely hear. <laughs> so unprofessional. It was my father-in-law calling. Oh, Ken? Yeah. He He's heard making... you talking about grinding coffee. I know. Yeah. I sh- Yikes, I should maybe I should maybe answer that. <laughs> no. um, he sounds too quick. I, I, know, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, Andy wrote the book, Grades, Girls, and God, How to Survive and Thrive in High School as a Christian Man. So we talked to him about some of the struggles that um, Christian men have in high school and as they're trying to find their way. So we thought it was a great conversation. So we hope you guys enjoy the interview. Before we get to that, why don't you give us some plugs, Topper, on, on ways they can find us and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. So we got, guys, we got a Facebook. Uh-huh. We got an Instagram. Ooh. We got a Twitter. Wow. <laughs> you can follow all. <laughs> you can uh, you can send us messages if you want. We, we're always looking for... Uh, What's the website? Not Your Mama's Questions. That's NYMCP Christian Podcast. No, you never get it right. NYMChristianPodcast.com. NYMChristianPodcast. <laughs> you can check out our Patreon page as well if you want to help support us. Give us a five-star review. Please. All that jazz. Thank you guys for listening. Let's get to the interview, Topper. Let's go. Let's go. Woo! All right, we are joined here by Andy Buckwalter, right? Is that right? Yes, that's it. Yep. All right. So I have to say, <laughs> yep, go um, ahead. my my wife, uh, so we're big Orioles fans, and I asked my wife one time, I said, what's the Orioles manager's name? And she said, um, Buck Walter. Buck Showalter. So when I, I told her, I was like, guess what? We're interviewing Buck Walter. She was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so you're from Pittsburgh originally, right? Pittsburgh originally, oh, yeah. Hold on. The lights went out. Oh, this <laughs> <laughs> We're not, I'm not taking any of this out. We're leaving this all the recording. <laughs> we literally were, are in a room where all the lights just went out. Yeah. It's an automatic light. <laughs> this has been ridiculous. I thought I lost you guys again. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're a you're a Pittsburgh guy. So that means you are a Steelers guy. You're you're all that sports wise. Penguins. Uh, oh, had to be if I wanted friends growing up. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So th- we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but uh, literally every like, well, all of my favorite sports teams <laughs> have been ruined by Pittsburgh teams. So Christmas was really <laughs> hard for us this past year, yeah. being Ravens fans. Yeah, because the Steelers um, knocked us out. <laughs> I'm sure you had a great Christmas. Uh, we didn't make it much further, but we did okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and, but you're also a Capitals I'm a fan, huge Caps fan. So, oh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. See, that's when I talk to Penguins fans. They're they're not even like oh man like talking trash. They're just like I'm sorry, yeah. I feel bad. <laughs> like every year we literally knock you out of the playoffs, and I it must be tough. It's the annuals, uh, yeah. annual Penguins beating. On the yeah, Capitals. it's a, it, they give us a pity party, which is honestly worse. So. <laughs> but but Andy, where so you're from Pittsburgh originally? Give us a little bit about of your background. Yeah, Pittsburgh originally, that's where I grew up, high school. Uh, moved out to central Pennsylvania for college. I uh, went to Messiah College where I studied youth yeah. ministry. 
since then, we've landed in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, my wife and I. Um, a little background with us. We are expecting our first child any oh. day now. Oh, wow. wow. Congratulations. Yeah, and, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, so when this airs, it's very possible that I'll yeah. be a father at that point. So uh, Maybe in the middle of this interview, he's like, I got to go. That would be awesome. <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I just leave, that's why. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah we understand. We'll, we'll just finish the interview without you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> so you were in uh, youth ministry for how long? Uh, I worked as a youth pastor for about three years, a little over, but okay. around three years in a few different churches. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, since then, just kind of felt like uh, it's not really quite where I'm supposed to be. I've transitioned more into a writing position, uh, more online stuff. So I'm still getting to share a message, still getting to impact lives with all of that. It's just a little less hands-on. Yeah. Uh, my hands-on student ministry is with our local church. I still volunteer with our okay. uh fifth grade guys there in middle school so those are we get to talk about a lot of call of duty and we work jesus in there every once in a while nice. so yeah as much as yeah. you can we know <laughs> as all much about as that can. yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, did you grow up in a christian home i did yes yeah my parents were very involved in our church growing up uh so yeah i was i was big into the youth group i was the drummer at our church uh, oh, I, i'm with you yeah i'm with you <laughs> yeah so well, we yeah, it, it's really nice being if you're a youth pastor and then you have a volunteer who has a like background in youth ministry or writes books about youth <laughs> ministry. Though that's got to be great to have volunteers like that or an ex youth pastor. Man, that's awesome. Right. That's uh, that's what they're looking for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in high school, um, most time when you're in high school, you tend to fall into a certain group like jocks or or mm. popular kids or whatever. Did you find yourself falling into any of those groups in high school? Oh, yeah. I was. Uh, we were into rock and roll. Uh-huh. That was our thing, yeah. I had the long hair down the middle of my back. I had the <laughs> long sideburns, the black T-shirt, the whole nice. look. Man. It was, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was our thing. So yeah, I was in a band most of high school. You know, yeah. everybody was looking for a drummer all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so that was, so that who was would my you listen click. To? Yeah. Who would you listen to? In high school, uh, it started out very classic rock. Was uh, kind of Metallica was that was kind of my band. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, we got into some more almost progressive stuff. Uh, one I loved was they were called Dream Theater. They were oh, a real yeah, yeah. prog rock band. If you all know them, yeah, uh-huh. uh, that was uh, it, um, almost exclusively those two. Actually, looking back, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dream Theater makes me want to quit playing drums. Honestly, yeah, every, like <laughs> every time, yeah, uh-huh. every time. And our other other host who's not here, who actually has a real job, he has to work. Yeah. Um, um, Shane will troll him with Metallica lyrics uh-huh. all the time on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> your lifestyle determines your death style. Yeah. From frantic. <laughs> Is that oh, the song? That's a good one. Yeah. Everything he posts on Facebook, Shane comments with your lifestyle determines your death style. Yeah. Well, being in high school, then, so so you grew up in church, you grew up in the youth in youth group, and um and. And so now, uh, and how how old are you now? I'm 27 now. 27. So I I just turned 30. Erickson is 30. So we're we're around the same age. And and I've noticed working in youth ministry for so long that it's amazing how quickly things change from just when we were in high school. You know, for me now, 12 years ago, something like that. 10, 11, 12 years ago. So like uh, 10 years, but even. Five years it removed from high school. It's amazing how different things are. So, have you noticed that, that that there are some more challenges today that are different compared to our generation and and especially their parents' generations? Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, 
the big one that comes to mind, you've got to talk about the internet when you're talking about this. <laughs> um, the two big ones that stick out to mind to me are, uh, first, social media. Uh, there was no – social media just started when I ended high school. And yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was kind of a latecomer to it, but it wasn't really – it right. certainly wasn't what it is today at that point, even for me. Mm -hmm. um, so for these guys now who have grown up with nothing but social media, it's it's a whole new world. Um, so you talk about the the cyberbullying that can come along with that, and right. uh, uh, just the lot of struggles that can come just with social media alone. And then if you're going to talk about the internet, I mean, you have to talk uh, you have to talk about pornography right. <laughs> when you're talking about young guys. Um, you know, for me in high school, uh, pornography. I mean, it was a struggle for me. Of course, it was. Mm -hmm. um, so growing up for me, it was, you know, I had to go to my basement where the computer was yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and hopefully nobody was watching television because that's also where the television was. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it was limited, but today, um, you know, you talk about cell phones and guys today are walking around with literally unlimited pornography in their pocket <laughs> Yeah. Every, everywhere they go more than, more than you could ever watch. And, uh, so just, um, the internet alone, right? That's brought so many new struggles and a whole new uh, set of struggles for students, but also for parents, also for volunteers, also for mentors who are working with students as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we we had. I, I remember I got my first cell phone when I was when I graduated high school. Yeah, and no one else really had a cell phone when when I got mine. I remember like I got, I was like, well, who am I going to call with this? Yeah. Like no one had one. <laughs> And, you, yep. and if you sent text messages, you paid for each text yeah, message. Yeah, each text was what you had to pay. And then um, the only thing we had was AOL and Messenger. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and then MySpace. Yeah. We had MySpace a little bit until our parents' generation killed MySpace for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, like we both struggled with porn. We, had, we just had Craig Grosso on not that long ago talking mm -hmm. about porn. And just like, I don't know how a high school guy at this point doesn't struggle with it with yeah, like the access yeah. that you have to it and all mm -hmm. the insecurities that come with it your hormones are raging mm -hmm. you're trying to look for dates for prom if you don't get one and all this, like <laughs> yeah. i don't know how you don't yeah. i don't know what it's especially yeah. with and with all the social media stuff like just this past week um i got like messages from random girls that weren't really girls they're just like robots or something right sending mm -hmm. pictures i'm like show my wife like look at look, yeah. what is this yeah it's like that's <laughs> the kind of world they're living in now in high school right right well and even that like uh, if you if, you know when we were growing up we had basic cable television and you couldn't really see much of anything if, if you had showtime in your house then your family was rich right yeah and so like but yeah. now with netflix every house has netflix and mm -hmm. there are so many things that a teenager could watch on Netflix that their parents aren't even aware of that, that has nudity in it and all this stuff that can just lead them down a, a really difficult path. Or even like the show, um, what, 13 Reasons? Is that what is it? Yeah, yeah. It? About, yeah. A, about mm -hmm. suicide. And yeah, I know that we're talking about teenage boys today, but it, it, teenagers in general that struggle with a lot of these things and then watching shows that um, I don't think that it is encouraging. Uh, someone, but it could give somebody the wrong idea. It's extremely difficult to be a teenager. Absolutely, and like you, you don't want to use the word inevitable because mm -hmm. that makes it sound hopeless. But yeah, yeah. the right. the conversation has almost needed to change from it needs to be an emphasis on here's what to do when your son has looked at pornography. Yeah. That's the that's the conversation you almost need to be preparing for yeah, now. Not if, uh, yeah. it, not not if. Uh, hopefully, if uh, I don't mm -hmm. want to say it can't be, uh, mm -hmm. but it, it almost need to be kind of ready for that conversation and yeah, ready to talk about Netflix, ready to talk about social media, all all these new ones that uh, 
whether or not you know are like familiar with them yourself need to be ready to have that conversation about yeah. the dangers of them and those struggles that come with them yeah yeah ha- have you seen um and just in your being around students and and youth group and everything like that have you seen any pushback when it comes to parents and the older generation when it comes to the problems that the teenagers are having because i see like even yesterday i was watching or i wasn't grandparents of people were watching fox news and they had a report about how teenagers aren't working in the summers anymore and it was basically (laughs) a whole way to bash teenagers for being lazy now yeah and and so i always get these I always hear these things of like, oh, they don't have it like we had it. They don't have it bad anymore. Like, yeah. do you see that happening where it's the old generation bashing the teenagers because their problems aren't the same problems that they had when they were teenagers? Yeah, I think I think every generation has done that to the next mm-hmm. generation in in some way or another. Yeah, uh, it's a. Uh, I, I think I've heard you guys talk about millennial bashing in the yeah, past yeah, yeah. as well. That that same kind of thing where yo yeah absolutely. It's it, it's easy to look at teenagers and say, uh, well you know you, you you have it easy or you know you you couldn't have handled it when we were in high school or something like that. So um, it, it's easy to say that until you start really looking at some of the struggles that do come with high school and like uh even now i think i'm something like 10 years separated from high school it's it's easy to forget what it was like mm-hmm. when you were in that zone you know when you did have the the rush of the ocean of testosterone that you just yep. couldn't handle yeah. yet and the the hormones and all of that so yeah absolutely i think uh parents grandparents especially they're not quite sure what to do with it so yeah part of it is having that mm-hmm. conversation about you know these they're, they're real struggles they yeah. absolutely yeah. are yeah i remember struggling because my girlfriend broke up with me in high school and right. it being life ending for yeah. me. <laughs> but now that I'm 32 and been married for six years, like you look back, oh, that was dumb. But at the time, like that's all you know. You know that world and you know that embarrassment or and that hurt. And I remember like I couldn't eat. I couldn't like, I was yeah. depressed about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I, people, I've heard people say before, man, I wish I could be a teenager again. I never ever want to go back to being a teenager <laughs> i have I've no never had that desire thought, no. <laughs> <laughs> like I've, I've heard people literally say man well you it's so great being a teenager no responsibilities you know i'm like no way i there is no <laughs> desire in me to want to go back to that time again because i remember it just being awkward and weird and just difficult you were really awkward and weird yeah yeah <laughs> so so it can be challenging but you also talk a little bit about in your book uh this no man's land and uh, can you tell, describe a little bit about what you mean by uh, by no man's land? Yeah, so no man's land is uh, it comes from trench warfare uh, when World War One, I, I believe, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, two enemy lines are kind of digging these trenches and firing at each other from in between them, and. Basically, to attack your enemy, you had to run across this stretch of land in between two trenches, mm-hmm. and that was a that's a terrible place to find oneself. It's booby trapped, and it's easy to get shot out there. It, it's a it's a dangerous, dangerous place. And you're not uh, on one side or the other, right? Exactly, right yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is charging right through the middle to get to the enemy's trench here, uh, and so they called it no man's land, you know. Um, and so I kind of made a comparison between no man's land and high school because there there really are struggles that come with high school that just you're not going to see them anywhere else and so some of the big things uh with uh calling it no man's land is one it's in between safety uh it's in between two areas so before high school and after high school you know there are brand new temptations that 
you're not going to see them after high school. You really don't see them before high school. It's kind of in between these two areas of safety. Uh, and then uh, a big one is, you know, a lot of guys that entered no man's land, uh, they died. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't make it out. And that's kind of the metaphor for high school here is we're seeing a lot of guys. Uh, they're coming into high school, uh, maybe ninth grade, and they kind of like I was, they were raised in church and they were familiar with it. They were doing the youth group thing, but somewhere between ninth grade and, and 12th grade, they kind of fall out of it. They kind of lose their faith in Christ. They kind of stop doing church. They kind of stop all of those things. So it can be, um, not a literal death, but kind of almost this spiritual death where, you know, we, we've heard about this, this exodus that's happening with young adults from the church where, you know, they're getting out of high school and they're also getting out of church. And so I think it's a, a relevant, metaphor between the two where uh, a lot of guys are coming in and they're not coming out yeah i would even say that um that now adolescence has expanded beyond high school where they where they you know maybe for our parents generation once you got to be 18 19 20 years old you were considered an adult in our world today, a 19, 20-year-old is not always considered an adult you know yeah, they they have to go to more schooling basically where right. where other generations, they could start their mm-hmm. career job right away or, right. or whatever. And I think that like the average age of when a person finally moves out of home and not going away to school is like late twenties. Yeah, everything's getting pushed back. That and getting married, having kids, all that stuff's getting pushed back. Right, more and more because a lot of them, a lot of us are, have gone to college or gone to school for four years and then moved back home with parents mm-hmm. because they can't afford to live out on their own. And so this adolescence has expanded, and so maybe even this no man's land has has expanded where uh, it, into the twenties, where a person says, I, "Okay, I'm not really a teenager anymore." But I'm also not really an adult yet, or I don't feel like one yet. Mm-hmm. And there, there's this whole new identity that is needed to be found for a, a young person. Yeah, and that's especially difficult, I, I think, for young guys. You know, when you you keep saying, you know, expanding, and oh, I think you just lost your life again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're expanding and stretching adolescence more and more. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm blaming Shane. The lights literally go out in this room because it's covered. I, I'm going to turn on these lamps. Hold on. Go, go ahead, keep the motion on. sensors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but extending adolescence, I think the the struggle that can come with that is uh, a big question that I'm trying to help guys answer throughout this book. Is you know the the big question of am I a man? You know, am am I a man? And I want I want young guys to recognize that you know whether you're 13 or 18, you know, in God's eyes, you're a man. You're a man right now. Uh, and you're you're ready for you're ready for big things. And so when we keep telling guys, you know, uh, you'll you, you know, you'll be ready right now. You're you know, you're just in you're a freshman in college, you know, just mm-hmm. find yourself right now. Or, you know, if you need to move back with your folks. That That's fine. But, you know, it's hard to feel like you're a man at that mm-hmm. point. Right. And so I want uh, guys to start to recognize, you know, even even in high school, especially in high school, you know, in God's eyes, you're a man right now. And it's it's time. God has big plans for you right now. And it's it's time to start working at them now. How how do you help uh, teenage boys or men, as as you call them in your book? Yeah. Uh, how do you help them go from what the culture says is what a man looks like compared to what God says a man looks like? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you you find yourself in high school and you got cut from the football team and you drive a minivan, which it was your mom's old minivan, which is the least manly vehicle, ironically. <laughs> yep, definitely, uh, I definitely and, drove a minivan in high school. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, all of a sudden the world is screaming at you, you know, you're, you're not a man, you know, by society standards. And it's uh, this 
this crazy concept to try to teach to young men is um, that God doesn't care about the size of your biceps, believe it or not. And God doesn't care if you can grow a beard and, and God doesn't care how large of a sandwich you can eat or any of these weird things we associate with being a man, you know. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, God calls us to be to be servants. And that is just backwards from everything that, uh, especially in high school, you're taught yeah, you yeah. Know, about what it means to be a man. So how do you do it i think i think it's just it's just starting with this huge uh, mind bending new shift of look it doesn't it doesn't matter what you bench <laughs> mm-hmm. uh it's it's just you know if if your goal is to serve god on this earth then sometimes you're you're not going to look like a what society calls a man sometimes you it it's going to look different and uh, it's mm-hmm. a really that's a really hard one that takes a lot of conversations i think um but getting them to that point starts with uh, just having that conversation of, like I was already, like I was already saying, uh, doesn't matter what society says. It's you know God's version of a man is more of a servant than anything else. It's, yeah. yeah, it starts almost everything when it comes to figuring out God's version of you is humility. Right. Um, it's it's pushing pride away and being and humbling yourself, which is hard to ask anyone to do, mm-hmm. but Jesus modeled that where he mm-hmm. always put other people's needs in front of his and, and showed humility. And through that um, really showed us a, a, an example of how to live. But I, in high school, it's hard to, you're, you're just trying to get through school. You're trying to get, mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. a date for the prom. It's hard to worry about also doing that stuff too, but it's, well, then also human sexuality is coming into, into yep. question with this, and and in in our world today, where uh, there you know people are all across the spectrum on their stance when it comes to human sexuality, and so for a high schooler who is trying to determine you know where where he lands or where she lands, um, it can there are all these extra questions that come into it. Like I think of we we've uh, gone through the book Wild at Heart, which is. A little old now, a little, little outdated now, and it talks about how um, how all men are like had this desire for adventure and journey and and to explore and and experience new things, and and it talks a lot about camping and being outdoors. But if you're a guy who doesn't like any of that stuff, mm-hmm. then you may feel like, well, am I am I even a man in God's eyes? Because and, and now I'm not saying that, that the book suggests that. Um, sure. But if if you don't know God's word well enough, and if you don't know where, and if you aren't confident enough in your identity as as a man, then some of these things can come into question and just confuse you, confuse you even more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a struggle that a lot of guys have, you know, for their whole lives. I think uh, Wild at Heart was not really geared towards teenagers, right? It's geared mm-hmm. towards yeah, yeah. like grown yeah. men who are still to this day struggling with it. So half right. of the struggle is we have guys who are struggling with this issue, helping young guys who are struggling with this issue. Yeah, uh, it's, that's good. It's a, it's a tough one for everybody. It, it really is. It takes, a, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if trying to figure out where you fit in the grand scheme of things, and in high school you're trying to figure out where you're going to go to school, all that stuff, that can be like crippling for, <laughs> for some students, but helping them realize that God loves them and is there for them and wants them to have a great life in him mm-hmm. exactly as they are um mm-hmm. it, it kind of starts like we said it starts with humility um so we you talked a little bit about how we see this mass exodus of of people after they go from high school to, to college what do you think has to do with that and what do you think the church can do to help fix that yeah so there are 
there's hundreds of theories floating out there right now yeah. about why this is happening. People have dedicated a lot of time. But to me, it comes down to, you know, a guy is going to leave church if his faith was never his. Um, so I think, um, so to, for me, the I've come up with kind of three big elements for student ministries to try to do something about this, this kind of exodus that's happening. Uh, for one, I think that a student ministry does need to be fun, uh, as I think uh, play, I think, is a huge resource that we underestimate all the time, you know? Yeah. So um, that's how relationships are built. So play with a purpose. Um, play to... Uh, get to know each other to build relationships between students, but then also between mentors. So um, I think mentorship is a, is a huge aspect of, you know, growing in your faith in God. And, um, you know, if you have someone modeling that for you, then I think you're more likely to embrace that as your own than for someone that is just teaching things at you. I think there's a place for that. And that's what a lot of what we do with, uh, with children in particular is we teach things. But once you get into uh, kind of that middle school, high school area, it's, it's more of a mentoring. It's more of a questioning kind of stage. And that's kind of my second thing is I think um, that student ministries need to, we need to be challenging students. You know, uh, I left high school having never been asked some really important questions. Uh, it wasn't, and I was raised in church. It wasn't that they did a bad job. It was just that it was more about uh, teaching than me actually wrestling with it. You know, I right. think I think a lot of times we underestimate high school students and what they're ready for, what they're capable of, and we kind of fall into this fear of, oh, we don't want to, you know, chase them away from church, or we don't want to cause them to lose faith, or something like that. And while those are important concerns, I also think they're ready. I think they're ready for important, big questions. They're ready to wrestle. Uh, and that is also going to contribute to it being their faith. Um, so if, if it's their faith, I think that they'll stay in church. And then finally, uh, I think an important aspect is giving them an opportunity to serve. Um, especially as men, we like to see the fruits of our labor, right? Uh, uh, we like to we like to see what is the difference that it's going to make. So if we can get a high school guy and give him an opportunity to serve, uh, they're ready for big things. Like they're, we have the tendency to say, "You're ready for uh, the offering plate. You can handle, <laughs> yeah. you can handle that, but but not the middle aisle. Like right. you got to look both right. ways with that, right? You gotta, <laughs> you're you're ready for that. Uh, uh-huh. But a high school age guy, they're ready to share their story. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're definitely ready to be volunteering in a children's ministry. They're ready to uh, help shovel the sidewalk, whatever it is that we have people doing, they're, they're ready to do that. And I, th- I think there'd be a lot of benefit for that. So um, kind of those three elements, I think, are important in having a young man graduate high school with a faith that is his. Mm-hmm. And th- I think that's I think that could be a big part of the difference uh, with seeing guys not leaving church is if faith was theirs. It's something they want to pursue on their own. Yeah. yeah, actually having their own authentic faith, not their parents' faith. Not their grandparents' faith, not their pastor's faith. Because yeah. in college, they're taught to think for themselves and wrestle with themselves and figure out for themselves. But in church, they're taught to be quiet. Yeah, yeah. Believe. No, don't doubt anything. <laughs> you got to, yeah, just, <laughs> right. don't you have faith? You need to have faith. Don't ask questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where what you said was, was good, and that's why I like when student ministry has like small groups and, and, and adult leaders that are there to help them. Because mm-hmm. um, would you rather them wrestle with their faith on their own in college when everybody in college is telling them to go the opposite way or wrestle with their faith while you can kind of hold their hand as they figure it out themselves? Like that can make a huge difference. Yeah. Where a lot of times we, we just push back all the questions and doubts because we're scared of it ourselves almost or what, <laughs> what will happen if they actually go with this. I mean, heaven yeah. forbid, they might actually find their own truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, and I really like what you said about uh, about getting them serving, and and I don't think that that we give young people enough 
of a chance to to serve and and to stand up and to do you know like you said we'll let them do certain things but we won't let them do a lot of things and um uh it was our district superintendent which is a really churchy word i guess but uh he he was talking he was like when you go into the apple store who do you see working there it's all young people and now I know it's not high schoolers because you got to be a certain age, but it's all young people running the Apple store. And yeah. it's one of the most successful businesses in the world, uh, su- most successful companies in the world. And they allow young people to be their face. And But in the church, the average age of a pastor is like 55. Yep. Yeah. So it's it, it, it's not a place really for young people to serve in most most churches. And, and if, and if you're a church, place for young people to sit and listen. Yeah, and, and listen to the old people talk. Yeah. That's what it is. And maybe you can you can clean up some of the chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can set up. You can do the hard labor. You can do the hard work. Um, and and that is extremely important as well. Uh, but when we give young people the opportunity to interact with their faith, that's when it becomes alive. And that's exactly what the Bible says, that faith without works is dead. And if we aren't giving young people the opportunity to work in their faith, then their faith is dead. <laughs> so that <laughs> falls on the church. And that's why a lot of, I agree with you, it, it is so important that at, if we want to see a change in the next generation from leaving the church, we've got to trust them and let them try things and fail. And that's fine. Yeah. And then part part of the struggle with that is, you know, as the adult, we kind of we like to fall into our roles, right? You know, I'm the guy that that does this. And so part of the struggle is being willing to almost make that sacrifice of yourself and say, uh, look, I don't need to be the guy that does this so that you can be the guy who does mm-hmm. this and I'll 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 watch you do it. I'll help you do it. But yeah. there's a there's a pride thing with that as well and it, oh, it yeah. could be a real struggle uh, for I, I could see it in myself absolutely. I probably wouldn't want to give up the drums when I was 22 so mm-hmm. that the 18-year-old could play. Yeah. Uh, but it it's an important aspect to be, yeah, letting them kind of take the reins, letting them try it, yeah, yeah, and and it's not just throwing them into the deep end. It's right. you're there, you're there with them. Um, in the book Exponential, it talks about how to mentor somebody, and it says you you go this route. I do, you watch, then we talk. Yeah. Then you do, I watch, then we talk, and then you find somebody else. And yeah. so so it it's. You're there with them, and there's that safety net. And that's honestly why I think I never really fell away from the church is because I was given opportunity at 18, 19 years old to lead a middle school small group, not just saying, okay, do whatever you want, but somebody leading me and helping me. And and I never fell away because I always had responsibilities, um, and it changed it, it changed the way I looked at church. If you get adult adult figures in in teenagers lives that love them and care for them and figure out what's best for them because like what's best that was what's best for you but then it might not be what's best for every teenager but instead of just hoping that the youth pastor can connect to 25 different students if you have 10 other leaders that are there that can connect to that are former youth pastors (laughs) 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 that can connect to three or four students on a on a personal level at their level and help them with with their struggles and that does wonders every every teenager needs an adult figure that's not their parent but that's cooler than their parent so they can talk to them about their struggles with faith yeah. and all that stuff um so if there was a teenage boy listening to this podcast right now which i know teenagers when it comes to podcasts don't listen as much but if there was a teenage boy listening right now what would you have to say to them what encouragement would you give them and then if there's a parent of a teenage boy listening right now what would you say to them all right, for the for the teenage guy, I would I would go back to that same kind of major point is look, God is ready for you now. Uh, I think of 
<clears throat> excuse me, uh, the story of Gideon, right? Gideon was just one of the most insignificant people on the planet, right? <laughs> he was one of the youngest people of the smallest tribe of like the weirdest nation. Uh, and God looked at that guy and said, I'm ready for you. I want you to lead. Or we can look at David the same way. David was the youngest son of a shepherd in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, David's father forgot about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, but God said, I want you. I want you to lead. So for us as a church to look at a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, 18-year-old and say, not yet. <laughs> you're, you're not ready. Uh, not, not quite yet. Uh, I think that is just uh, a ridiculous thing that we're doing. So I would say to this this young man, like, look, God is ready for you now. Like, you're you're a man of God in God's eyes right now. Uh, it's not that you're going to be. It's not that someday you'll be a great leader. It's not that someday mentality that they've uh, that we're preaching all the time here. Uh, it's right now. You're ready. <laughs> right yeah. now, God has huge plans for you. And uh, for a for a parent who's listening right now is kind of like we were talking about earlier. Uh, one recognize these are real struggles <laughs> that they're that they're going through uh just because they're in high school doesn't mean it doesn't hurt doesn't mean it's not hard doesn't mean they're not actually struggling yep um uh be ready <laughs> for the new struggles that you uh that that we didn't go through uh, um just like we talked about with the internet and all of that uh but then also encourage them push them challenge them uh they're they're ready to be challenged they're ready to be pushed in in church especially um um teach them to challenge their own faith to make it their own so it doesn't need to be you don't have to teach them everything uh they need to wrestle it with it wrestle with it themselves uh to build a faith of their own so yeah uh, yeah kind of hammering back on those same points but i think they're big that's ones <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome well andy we really appreciate you taking time and um and uh, uh spending some time talking with us about uh teenagers and teenage teenage men and how we can help them uh before before we let you go we want to give you an opportunity to plug your book that you got going on anything else how people can find you um give us some of that information absolutely well yeah first thanks for having me guys yeah. i really enjoyed being here i appreciate the opportunity yeah if you want to check out the book it's called grades girls and god how to survive and thrive in high school as a christian man uh you can find that on any major book distributor uh amazon barnes and noble it's on there if you want to connect with me andybuckwalder.com or all of my social media is just andy buckwalder i'd love to chat with you Nice. Not to be confused with Buck Showalter. Yep. And and, <laughs> and and before you go, um, who's gonna win the AFC East? Or AFC North this this year. AFC North this year. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I want this to be aired, I should say Ravens. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I think it's the Steelers' division to lose. I'd agree. <laughs> but I do think the Ravens are improved <laughs> from last year. <laughs> I just don't want to get my hopes up and just to be beaten down by a Pittsburgh team again. Andy, if you're you're not that far from us, if we let's let's think of a bet here that we can do. <laughs> if we win, if the if if the Ravens win the AFC North, then we will send you some like crab cakes or something. Yeah, some food. crab cakes. We'll send you crab cakes. And then, right. what, and then what kind of crap do you guys eat in Pittsburgh? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Send us some Amish stuff if, yeah, if we win. Some Amish stuff. <laughs> yeah. Send us some tickets to Sight and Sound. Sight and Sound, that's right. <laughs> I'll send you guys some big sandwiches with French fries. That's Pittsburgh's that's thing. So yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yep. That's, that's what Pittsburgh is. All right, deal. You heard it yep. here. And when the Ravens win, the AFC North. Yeah. Please, God. We get God. some sandwiches. <laughs> we get some sandwiches. And if not, we will send you crab cakes. We're making a deal right now. Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be looking forward to that much. You don't know what's coming yet. All right, Andy, thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.